1: Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome, Cleveland, to another edition of The Advocate. I'm your host, Nick Phillips, and I'm here with Kathy Lux, your co host. Yes, hi, Kathy. We're going to have a fun show today.
0: Yes, we are. We've and
1: already been arguing this. We have. Today.
0: And we have Tom Patton with us. We have
1: Tom Patton from the state of Ohio. Tom, thank you for being with us tonight, uh, Ohio House of I'll Representatives. Always great to have you here. And uh, talking about uh, issues, there's a whole slew of issues going on. One issue that Kathy and I had that we were debating, and wondering if you can uh, shed some light on it, is what's going on with the Ohio Constitution, the proposed changes to the Constitution, why is it being changed, who's behind it, and what are the agendas? And we only have uh, a few minutes to talk about all that. uh, Well, very... From, from yeah. where you are, what do you see happening here?
2: Um, you know, both sides have a, a, a good, uh, somewhat of a good argument. The one side is the idea that out-of-state money can come in and, uh, for example, let's talk about legal marijuana just as an example. You know, people that want to legalize marijuana, people that have set up the marijuana source drug, Other states look at Ohio as, uh, no pun intended, fertile ground, you know, mm-hmm. for uh, you know, legal marijuana. But, mm-hmm. you know, if that particular bill would require, like, every individual allowed to have 10 plants in their house. Who's going to police the 10 plants? And, you know, maybe they do 10 for the dog, 10 for the cat. And, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, that's always something Ohioans, polling-wise, you know, medical marijuana passed, and there's was this, a slim majority that felt that was appropriate. And, but legal marijuana Uh, has not come close to in the polling to pass, but you know, enough special interest money coming in could get that to win by 51 or 52. And now suddenly we're, we have, you know, kids walking around with better water in their pockets and because they grew it in their parents' basement. And, and, uh, so that's the one side. The opposite side of the coin is that up until this point, the last 120 years or so in the, in, in Ohio's, uh, constitution, in order for the citizens, and we're one of the few states that allow the citizens to put something on the ballot. Which is great. It really is. Um, and requires that though is to go out and get about 440,000 signatures from 44 counties. And, uh, if you do that, you get in the signatures are verified. Uh, that goes on the November ballot or the March or May ballot. It's got to go on one of the major ballots. And, uh, but ironically, we just voted in December not to have any more August elections. You know, I was one of the votes for it because. The last election, 7% of the voters turned out generally you'd never get more than 10, you know, and so the cost of $20 million statewide to put an election on for 7% of the people to come out and, and decide issues just didn't seem appropriate. So I gladly voted to support doing away with August elections. However, now, because this issue is, to some people is so important, we're going to, we take, ignore the law we just passed and the very first August that comes up, we're going to put this on the ballot and, uh, uh, we'll see. It's going to be, uh, uh, again, uh, the opportunity to determine. I, myself, you know, think that, you know, 60% is too high a threshold. The example I like to use is that if we pass a constitutional amendment uh, to put, make every school have all-day kindergarten, a lot of schools only have half-day kindergarten, and we, knowing that we know how important preschool has become, but the all-day kindergarten seems like it would be a great idea to have you know, but if 59% of Ohioans voted for an all-day kindergarten mandate, 41% to vote against it would win. And in what sport, what election, does 59 lose to 41? And so uh, I had some issues with that. I, I, I was hearing the people chant one man, one vote, one person, one vote. And, you know, it, it made sense to me. I, I think we went a little too far. But, you know, the voters sure. in, uh, in August will be able to come out and they can make up their mind as to whether or not they believe that you know i think there's other
1: ways I think well let, let's take a break here for a commercial break we'll be back after these words we're talking to ohio representative tom Patton about the constitutional changes that are in our future
0: yeah lots of questions
1: we'll be back after these words don't go away
0: same with us
1: And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland, to The Advocate. I'm your host, Nick Phillips, and I'm here with...
0: Kathy Lux, and and we have Tom Patton with us. Yes, Tom,
1: again, thank you as always for joining us.
2: Again, it's always a pleasure.
1: You know, le- letting us know what's going on in uh, Columbus. And we are we talking uh, before the break about the constitutional changes that are in the winds right now.
0: So, Tom, you know, I, I-, I get your... I get your point about, as you were saying before, um, it, you know, having to have more of a majority. But it, it, you know, and it, it, to me, it's similar to you know the city of North Royalton, the mayoral race. You you know, a, a candidate has to have a, a cer- reach a certain percentage of the vote, or there's a runoff between the top two. It isn't just who won the most votes, and you know, if you look at the reasoning behind that. Um, I mean, there are so many reasons that you want to go back to the voters in that case, when there are multiple people on the ballot. In this case, with this constitutional amendment for the state of Ohio, you know, I mean, let, let's let's call a spade a spade here. the 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 motivation behind this is because of the movement by the by the ACLU and the petition drive to get this uh, abortion issue on the ballot. And and people don't really understand or know all the other details involved in that issue. And they're not advertising it at all. This, and this
2: so... Uh, as as you're about to see an awful lot of out-of-state money from both causes, well and that that's and that's right. uh, but one of the things I think we could have fixed rather than that, I thought we could have fixed the amount limited the uh, out-of-state money coming in and influencing the voters for special interest well, of any kind.
0: I'm, but that's, all, that's always been the case. I mean, we've had that forever. How do you fix that?
2: Well, as I said, you, uh, uh, you limit out-of-state money coming in, you know, you or, or just not even limit, just forbid it. and. Uh, What you do maybe is you increase the number of uh, signatures required to put something on the ballot. Right now it's four hundred thousand. Make it eight hundred thousand instead of forty-four counties. Make sure you get at least some signatures from all eighty-eight counties. You know, at the end of the day, it's the people in Ohio who have the absolute right that I will fight for for to then be able to vote for an issue. And in the in the case of requiring them to get sixty percent, I think that's uh, uh, it's it's. We've had some great constitutional amendments, uh, the Third Frontier Project, some other, uh, you know, job-creating projects that passed with 53 or four that never would have happened at the 60% level. You know, abortion, I wish people would be talking more about adoption, you know, because uh, they both start with A, they both end with N. But, you know, we need to come up with tax credits, we need to come up with scholarship money for adopted children that the parents, when they do adopt, they'll know that there'll be some help along the way, and the the, the uh, individuals are facing the prospect of, maybe you have to mother, what am I going to be able to do, uh, the, knowing that there's a real good, safe, and pleasant opportunity for their unborn child to be raised uh, successfully, you know, might be another option they might want to consider, mm-hmm. you know, and so, um, again, abortion seems to drown on everything else, but as I say, there's other issues that were con- that I myself am concerned about uh with the out-of-state money coming in i mentioned already legal marijuana and things like that so i just think that in august when there's they said usually no more than a 10 percent turnout right. you're going to see a significant turnout in august this year because of this issue right uh the 60 percent mandate and of course what you mentioned you know as far as uh, uh women's reproductive rights you know and that's uh in my last election i noted that that was uh once the Supreme Court came out with the Dobbs decision, which you know turned the abortion rights back to the states, you know the reason why I don't think we had the big red wave that everybody predicted is someone called it the pink wave. It was the fact that women came out and said, "Well, if that's the case. You know, we're going to make sure we don't have the uh, uh, the people in there that are going to make it more difficult for us to control, you know, uh, ourselves."
1: Yeah. With regard to the Constitution, we we have the one constitutional issue we're thinking about now and talking about is about changing the requirements on what does it take to amend the Constitution. That's Constitutional Issue 1. Now, as Kathy mentioned, the other issue has to do with abortion laws, I believe. And is there a constitutional amendment that's associated with that?
2: No, but there's a group that are out there gathering signatures. Right. That will allow um, abortion to be uh, not only permissive, but pretty much, I don't know, I haven't seen the wording of it exactly, but it's going to open up the, uh, uh, you know, it'll open up the doors. that will make it uh, far easier for women woman at any stage of the pregnancy to, uh, uh, to get, uh, to have, have a per- abortion performed. But that's not until November. If they get the signatures, they haven't gotten the signatures yet. So this is simply, you know, a bill in anticipation of other bills or other constitutional amendments that might come along requiring the 60%. I think, again, I disagreed. I didn't vote for it. And I encourage everybody in November to search their souls and go out, excuse me, in August, go out and say, do you think that we should have 60% of the people have to decide or like it's been for over hundred years, many, many more than a hundred years, uh, should be decided by the majority of Ohio.
1: Have we had any bad uh, changes to the constitution based on the fifty percent rule that requires the change for sixty percent?
2: The the one the one that comes up, the only one that comes up that's really being critical is the uh, casino amendment. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gilbert, a lot for Cleveland, I appreciate that, but. Mr. Gilbert, another gentleman, invested $55 million. There was the promise of 35,000 jobs, um, which obviously this has come close to materializing, but they specifically put addresses, all right, specific addresses where these four casinos and only four casinos could go. Um, they also put in the lowest tax rate that any casino in the country has to pay. Um, and with the promise of 35, they got 53% of the vote. Uh, under that rule, the, the casinos would have been, option would have been left open for the voters on another. In, if the House and Senate and the legislature would put a casino issue on the ballot, that would have been probably more fair to Ohioans. It would have not limited us to only four, for example, the Youngstown area. Some of them mm-hmm. think they should have one, you know. And um, uh, so, you know, and why is there, you know, why is there only one in, Cincinnati, maybe they should, should have two, you know, or Columbus should have three. So, you know, it's, um, I've always trusted the voters. You know, I thought that the voters will think things through. In that particular case, the campaign, you know, as I said, there was a time where the economy was in trouble. People were losing jobs. Parents were worried about their kids getting jobs and staying in Ohio. So the idea of 35,000 jobs, which, as I said, was you got to count. The guy that drew the, that grew the straw that drove the straw to the brick place that made the bricks that delivered the bricks well, to the place. I mean to come even close to that, and I'm sorry, but there, there just is not in the four casinos that would require almost nine thousand employees per casino, and they're clearly so, not.
0: So, Tom, not to interrupt you, so, but but to get back to I'm, some of what you're saying. Yes, we should trust the voters. The problem is the voters are not informed. They're they're given only pieces of information on things that are on the ballot and and they're unaware they're they have busy lives the information isn't out there and so in some of these things like for instance this this petition drive that's going on uh right now there are things buried in this they're they're talking about women's uh productive health or you know but but they're not talking about the fact that this would also enable uh, minors to get abortions without parental consent. And this would also uh, allow minors to make gender change decisions and get treatment without their parents' permission. So, you know, voters will go to the ballot. They won't know that information. So to me, having a charter change or rather a, a constitutional change that requires more of a percentage means that everyone's going to need to work harder to get all the real information out there. So when the voters go to vote, they they have the information and can, can make an informed decision. That's what it means to me. And these things, some of these things are critical. We are watching our, our 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 United States Constitution be completely ignored by our federal government. You know, the Constitution doesn't seem to mean much of anything. We see um, unlawful activity within our our government agencies, and there are no consequences. It's it's rampant. This is not. A hundred years ago, we live in a different time. Our our current situation, to me, this country is in a crisis, and so we need to look at things from the vantage point of here we are now. And so, for that reason, I think it is good to require a a, a, a more of a supermajority as opposed to just fifty percent plus one. I think that that may yes.
1: Yeah, well, hold on to that. We have to take another break. We'll be back with Tom Patton's response to Kathy's uh, warning about the Constitution. Now, you're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate with Tom Patton and also with Kathy Lux. We'll Stay with us. Don't go away for our final segment. We'll be right back. And now back to the Advocate with your host Nick Phillips. Welcome back, to Cleveland Nick Phillips, with you with our final segment of the Advocate for today. We're here with
0: Kathy Lux, Kathy Lux,
1: and Tom Patton. Tom, thank you for joining us. Uh, during the last segment, we we're talking about, uh, and, and Kathy was mentioning about her concerns about uh, the the constitutions uh, being not only the state constitution but the federal constitution being ignored. Uh, what's the feeling down in Columbus about that? I, my feeling is, and Kathy and I disagree, I think we're still under control, the sky's not falling, and uh, we should strive, strive to get to business as usual whenever. Uh, what, what's your take from the Columbus perspective?
2: Well, to blatantly say that there's corruption in every branch of government, every department of government, and that includes the state government. You know, I will noted just a few months ago the very long trial for former Speaker Larry Householder and the people that were involved in criminal activity, and they're all, Mm -hmm. I think, facing sentencing hearings next week. So uh, if Kathy is aware of any other illegal activity happening in the state of Ohio, which is the only part that I have any control over, I'd hope that you would report it to the Attorney General.
0: No, Tom, I really wasn't directing that toward the state. I'm talking... but. But you're right. There is corruption there, as in the case you just mentioned. Um,
2: it was uncovered and which was discovered.
0: It, and it was, was and, but overall, that's not happening on a federal level. And so I feel, I mean, if you look at our federal agencies and what's going on there, and the Durham report that just came out, and the you know ignoring of our of our laws in terms of immigration and all, I could go on and on. But but my issue is that this is not... To, to cite history in terms of the, the the number of voters needed to change our Ohio Constitution, I think, well, sure, we should always pay attention to our history. We we are in different times. Things are different now. That's my point. And my point is that... Voters have not been informed enough when they're going to the voting polls. And I don't feel that it's totally the government or the candidate's fault. You know, they're, they are not doing enough. But sometimes the information isn't really put out there clearly for them. And they have to work hard to find out what's real and what the truth is in these times. Well, that, that's, that's what been, I'm saying. That's been
1: true for, for, mm, for months and years. It's here. so
0: much more so now than ever. And so we need to look at how to combat that and how to change that.
1: Well, well, Tom, uh, we're running out of time, but I know we've been doing a lot of talking here. Uh, in in some, how do things look out of Columbus right now?
2: Well, I think that uh, the August election will, and the, and the people will hire by a fifty percent majority can decide uh, what what Kathy has suggested that there should be a sixty percent. You know, and the idea. Idea that there's not enough information, information for voters. There's never been a time in our history where information is not more available. I mean, it's granted, if the people, especially the people that don't vote, they'll be the first to complain about government. But yet they don't vote. They're not registered to vote. Um, the apathy is, uh, you know, in, in some cases, uh, uh, with all the with all the attacks going on, Washington D.C. is a whole lot more polarized. And and divided between the two political parties. You know, someone pointed out to me the other day. They said the facial recognition software has just about gotten everybody that was involved in that horrible January 6th uh, event. And they said, but they have not heard of a single person that was involved in the rioting that followed uh, the Minneapolis uh, uh, decision or death, the terrible death, that around the country. You know, so they wanted to know why this particular justice department is as an example you know has not necessarily found fit to 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 lose that same software to go after the other criminals
0: but exactly
2: you know so you know but at the end of the day with the it, internet with google with google search now
0: with censorship why, and and the, and and uh, legacy media not reporting things well, so we, the we information just have a
1: couple of seconds left uh, but uh, what I'm hearing is that there's a lot going on out there and each and every one of us has an obligation as a citizen to find out what's going on to read to listen and to actually participate and to vote
0: and to fight uh, the fact that it's just too hard to get the information now because of censorship Tom thank you so much
1: for joining us today your, Thanks, Tom. Your, your hands are full good luck <laughs> Have a great night. You, you too. too. Take care. And we'll be back next week. Thank you so very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Same time, same station. So, Everybody. between then. Yeah, take care. Have a good week. Bye.
0: Bye.